Yo, what up, what up, what up? This is the Lazy Philosophers Podcast, and today I got with us David Rinaldi. Hello. What's up? Yeah, man. He's. Uh, we just did a TEDx talk together. He was uh, the magician um, on the thing and illusionist. And it was, you really blew me away with your performance. Thank man. you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I enjoyed man. yours as well. It was, it was fun. Yeah, we go do a TED Talk. Now we're doing a, a podcast. Same day, guys. <laughs> That's what you call hustle, man. All right? So comedians and magicians working hard out there to deceive you. That's what we do. <laughs> But, like, what I, I really liked was the philosophical bent you talked on, and I want to get right into it, it uh, like, the method of illusion and, like, how you're talking about, like, fake news and stuff like oh, that. Oh, right, 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 yeah. And how illusion works in different parts of our life. Can you just uh, talk to me about where that ideas came from? Sure. So, I mean, I'm, uh, so when I was in college, I, uh, I mean, I've always been a, I mean, I've been a magician since I was 13, so I've always been interested in tricking people and all this different stuff. But uh, when I was in college, I studied uh, public relations, uh, human communication, the way, you know, nonverbal communication, uh, the psychology behind the way that we use media. And uh, so I studied a lot of propaganda during that time. And as a magician, I was just like, holy shit, you could just, you just fool people with the entire media. And then so, and so like, so I, I'm a big fan of people like, uh, like Orson Welles when he, are you familiar with the War of the Worlds? Oh, War of the Worlds. Worlds, yeah. So he, so he recorded uh, way back in the day on the radio. He went up live and he wanted to create this great theatrical piece uh, of uh, rendition of War of the Worlds. And oh, so many people who were listening thought that it was real, that they got scared and left their houses and were panicking because they thought that aliens were taking over the world. You know, so uh, now... Did some people kill themselves? I, I don't know if that's true or oh, not, okay. but I should, I should research that. But, um, uh, but it's, it's, I think it's to the point when it comes to like fake news and everything, uh, you know, they've made it to where it's just believable enough. Mm. So if it's just believable enough, it's, that's the confusing part is the... The way that you can convince people of certain things is they feel like it's convincing enough so that they're willing to invest their emotions, their votes, their money, their everything into your thing, even though behind the scenes there could be a lot of nonsense, you know, going on. So, yeah, so it's just fascinating to me. It, it is really interesting how it just has to be convincing enough for people to buy in. I have this uh, arguing technique, and you can use it if you want. And you guys can use it too. It's slightly unethical, but... Um, <laughs> so, like, I'll, I'll tell people something like, oh, I just read this article in The Economist that, um, you know, creep shaming is actually a big problem, and it's actually affecting men and expressing their sexuality, and the fact that slut shaming affects women in long-term dating, but it has the same effect for men. And um, Dr. Schultz and... All that's made up, yeah. right? The economists, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. But the thing is, you just throw a couple of things of authority behind it. No one's really going to fact check. Yeah, who's going to fact check? And, yeah. Especially so, in our so many people are saying. Yeah. people are saying. People are saying exactly. Like, yeah. And it, it's a really weird thing to watch that work. Where it, that idea is perfectly fine, but attaching it to a couple brands help people buy into it. And even yeah. the guy who did the talk after you, where he put the um the salt and the uh, salt shaker. Oh, I it, love that. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, he put a, he put cyanide. He poured salt in front of everybody into two salt containers uh, into two salt shakers and then labeled one of them salt and then labeled the other one cyanide and he's like you are already convincing yourself that you should not take the cyanide and, and use that on your food even though you know I just poured salt into that container you are convincing yourself because you see it labeled that it is not worthy of eating you know it's, it's exactly. poisonous so, yeah. I, I even see this with websites like I am e- like if a website looks just vaguely beautiful like aesthetic I put my credit card information in there no yeah. problem yeah right I, I'm like oh they, 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 can, they can spend $600 uh, and make it look better than a Squarespace they obviously won't take my identity yeah. and, but it's weird how our brain works like that yeah. even even packaging like I remember um, this one girl I saw buying a book for a law school and it was like it was uh, it was $90 for a book but it wasn't in a binder it was just like 
printouts and they expected you to put it in a binder later on. She's like, I'm not paying $90 for this. When, when have you ever paid for the cover? Like yeah. that, that's not what you buy a book for, but yeah. like that was enough to not sell her in that moment. Yeah. You know, and whenever people talk about like, I want someone to love me for who I am and all this other stuff, it's like, but the person you want to love you also fits that perceptual like thing. Like, like, oh, like everyone just cares about looks and you hear that. And then you hear that person wants someone else who is attractive. Like, yeah. And so it's like part of the same game. Yeah. And it doesn't even matter. All these things don't even matter. You know? Yeah. How do you use so you said illusionist in your your act? It, what is there? Um, why do you create that distinction, or is it just another? Brand? Well, it's it's something that connects with me more. So like when I my perception of magic uh, as it is, I mean like I I mean I don't care if I'm called a magician. I consider myself a magician. I consider myself also partially a mentalist, even though. I mean, I use mentalism techniques, which is, a, there's a distinct, some mentalists are like, I am not a magician. Mm. And then there's some magicians who are like, I am not a mentalist. I consider myself an illusionist because I use techniques from a wide variety of disciplines. Um, and I actually am playing with stuff with like media and everything like that, just sort of just for the fun of it. And it's like the, I like to create illusions and I, I don't mind if people know that they're illusions. I'm not trying to convince anybody that I am real. Mm. I'm not trying to convince anybody of that. And I don't want to... Get, and because I'm taking from a wide variety of disciplines, I feel like that label just fits me better. Okay. Um, but it's not necessarily something like if somebody calls me a magician, I, I consider myself a magician. I'm not like offended by it, but I like to go by illusionist. I think because I it, I think it encapsulates my view of the world. Definitely. So. Uh, and what's a mentalist? I'm sorry, I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, a lot of people get confused by that. So like, so if I were to sit here and say, uh, I so like think of you know like think of a a, um, a country. You okay. know what I mean? And so if you think of Australia. You know, like, and, you know, some of the people who are, are, who are listening, maybe they did think of Australia, you know, but, uh, so if, for the people that it did, who did think of Australia, and I just said Australia, they're gonna think, oh my god, he read my mind through the, through the podcast, you know, because they, they give their perception, you know, they probably didn't, but, uh, but at the same time, it's like, it's, it's mind reader, uh, it's, so there's mind reading, there's mentalism in the sense of, like, uh, um, think of, like, paranormal activity, where, like, somebody who can control uh something with their like make a light bulb explode or uh you know using their mind that is the primary mechanism for supernatural feats mm. whereas a magician is trying to create magic which could be breaking something and putting it back together mm. you know what i mean so they're so they're not sitting there saying i'm breaking this with my mind they're breaking it and then putting it back together with magic mm. you know what i mean so so mentalists try to go for the prime, it's a character, really. Okay. When it comes down to it, is you know, as uh, Robert Houdin said, uh, every magician is an actor playing the part of a magician. Mm. So it's so a mentalist would be a actor playing the part of a somebody who uses their mind to create of impossible feats mm. so yeah I, the, the comedian the same thing we're characters on stage and I think a lot of people have a hard time dealing with that because their favorite comedians make it look so effortless mm -hmm. like like so like a lot of people think I'm just you know off the if I'm doing my material right you you probably think like oh I just thought of this earlier today right then yeah. there's like this illusion of effortlessness but effortlessness but also there's actually a scary part with like comedy like I'll entertain a lot of really dark ideas and everything on stage people think those are actually me as well right but it's yeah. like that dude and it's I actually am of the firm belief that we're all just children playing a massive role game and we're just all playing parts all the time and they were just different roles with different yeah, we people. pick up different different person I, I the way that I interact with my wife is different than the way that I interact with my best friend yeah you know and hopefully got, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like no but it's uh um, well, actually my best friend is my wife so let's, uh, uh, okay. uh, <laughs> she's listening and then uh, but 
Um, but no, but my actual best friend. Uh, but you know, yeah. So we we have different. You know, who we are on stage is different. Who we are interacting with each other, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But don't talk crap about people when they act differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think I think if we acknowledge that we can be our better selves in those contexts and situations. You Definitely. Know? Well, like yeah. I, I, so this this whole thi- this whole philosophy where I think this place is an undue thing on love, where your partner is supposed to be your everything. There's both, and I'm like, dude, like really, I, I don't know how you can be my everything. Like I, I I just think that's asking for way too much from just one person. And I think that like you know like we have specialized tools in different areas. I think the way you, exactly like you said, the way you relate your wife is different than you relate to your best friend you there's not you shouldn't have to express all the things you express to your best friend to your wife that's why you have a best friend like yeah you know? exactly yeah no, i know yeah I, I don't get mad if my wife sits there and is like oh talks to her best friend like i'm frustrated with david you know because yeah. it's like we're two different people and that was the hardest thing i think about marriage and relationships and everything was for me to for to really feel comfortable knowing that it's more about the partnership together as opposed to us being a single-minded unit. I, I'm actually kind of creeped out by couples who don't fight, you know? <laughs> so. Well, I think a lot of times, if you're really close, how I judge how close I am with someone is how many big fights have we had? Like, you know, because... <laughs> I am back. You guys know how I walk away from getting tea sometimes. No. And it's killer tea, by the way. Thank you. This I appreciate it. Um, cheers. Yeah, cheers, man. I have, I've been trying to get uh, uh, sponsored by Positively. I've messaged them. I will continue to message them. <laughs> I'm going to be that comedian with a tea sponsorship. But me and my best friend, Jay, we backpacked through Europe together for like, all together, we were together eight weeks. We got in so many huge fights. Yeah. But like those fights needed to happen. Like, and they, like one of them, he told me, this was really, he was like, I asked them, we were in um, Rome. It was towards the end of our trip. We'd been partying. We'd stolen girls off each other. Just hated each other at this time. And we're sitting in absolute silence after we get out of the worst hostel we've stayed in our entire trip. And we're walking to another hostel. And we go and get some lasagna, eating absolute silence. And I look up at him and I'm like, what is it that you don't respect about me? And he's like, <coughs> What? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, we've been traveling all this time together. What is it that you don't respect about me? And he's like, you know, what I don't respect about you how you don't trust yourself. How uh, when you when it really comes down to something, you look for someone else to give you permission to be who you want to be. He's like, I love you to death, but every time I see that, I lose respect for you. And that I felt like I was like that a lot earlier in life. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but I think that's a very relatable feeling. Definitely. You know? yeah. Well, he said that when after we we, we cried afterwards and like hugged it out, like broke yeah. it out. But he he said I was actually literally just saying that to myself, <laughs> like like because like that's basically I think that. Everyone has a hard time trusting themselves. Yeah. And especially when you're going into stuff like uh, being an illusionist, being a comedian, people are like, wait, really? And like the thing is, is you have to just trust that you – like one of the things I tell people is this, is I trust that no matter what, I will be able to figure it out. Like yeah. it, it's not that I know that this will work out. I, just, I know that even if it fails, like the part of the TED Talk thing is even if I bombed it, I'd have been like, hey, number one, this will be a funny story in the future. Number two, I'll be okay. And that was the context of your talk. That, you should have bombed. I you should have bombed. I thought about it making it like super meta and awkward. Oh man! No, the, the, speaking of bombing for the thing, they they booked me for uh, to do their orientation thing. But the thing is, that they booked me in their cafeteria, and they didn't talk about it with Amy. Usually, they have it in the auditorium. So, like, they booked me in the cafeteria in the middle of the day. So, all of a sudden, comedy is happening at people in the middle mm. of the day while they're eating. So, oh. my friend, <laughs> I have friends who do the couch circuit. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. And then, so, like, they're not. Re- 
ready to get comedy. There, there was a, a, a mini flash uh, mob before that. And then my friend Nick, who opens for me, one of the funniest guys in Chicago, bombs horribly, right? And then they, he's like, all right, I'll give it up. Well, I tell a couple jokes, get a few laughs, get them engaged. But then people are eating and going throughout. But like, even that, it was just like, I'm so sorry that happened. I'm so sorry. I'm like, dude, like, look, that's just part of being a comic. Now I can yeah. say I did. Like, this is all that matters at the end of the day. I can say I did a gig at Illinois Tech. That's it. Like, for, to me, credentials yeah. are, most people uh, bomb, I think, their Conan's, not their Conan set, one of their sets, I think it's one of the late night sets, people bomb all the time, but no one cares. They just care that you've done it. Yeah. And that's because we live in this credentialized society, which goes back to the <clears throat> illusion, right? Like, I have friends who, oh, you hear someone goes to Harvard, automatically you take everything they say with more weight. Why, why? I don't, I, you know, I, that's the, I've learned not to care about those things mm -hmm. actually, you know, but yeah, no, there's definitely like perceived value of like, I, do you, oh, I forget how to say his name, but Yuvan Harari, I think, I don't know if you, are you familiar with him? He's a, he's, he's a dude that basically just like breaks down human behavior, uh, and talks about just like how it relates to society and everything like that. And so, uh, I'll send you a link or something like yeah. that. It was awesome. But, um, uh, where are we going with this? What were we talking about? We were talking about like uh, brand, uh, like basically brand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was talking about the the most. He talks a lot about the stories that we share together, mm -hmm. and so like, and the biggest one or across across the globe, this share story that we share together is that money is valuable. Mm -hmm. It's just a piece of paper with a yeah. bunch of printing on it, you know. But it was funny. It was interesting because I was also, you know, a lot of people make the in God we trust on the dollar bill about religion, but I actually think about when you think about it, it's more about credentializing the dollar mm. like we trust because we trust in god we trust in the dollar kind of oh thing. wow you know what i mean so it's more about confidence in the dollar the economic yeah. impact of it you know it's just interesting that everyone know? has to buy into the game or it doesn't yeah, work it doesn't work it you doesn't know, if everybody work. just dropped their money and said it's invaluable anymore what would happen <laughs> as germans post-world war ii that's what happened like yeah you know, no, be, i know yeah the thing is is we're part of this game and acting like we're not part of the game i think is a big problem like yeah we're I, I have this bit, it's funny you bring up God and money. I have a bit I'm working on where I'm like, God is money. Like, 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 and, 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 and like, it creates things. It creates things. Well, like, the, the, the countries that are the, the most uh, life expectancy are the richest ones, and they have the lowest religious rate, and it's like, it kind of like this whole thing of like, it makes things happen, right? It, 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 you can get your cured of your diseases, all these other things. Either God is money or God uses money to make prayers happen. And, um, it, it, like, I don't know where I want to go with it, but I think it's an interesting idea about how money affects our life, how much can, easier it makes can it. I, can I bring it on yeah. something? Okay, so uh, I went through like a huge financial rehaul this last uh, probably two years and everything like that and so I wanted to for people who might be like trying to like get their stuff together and, and do it right a uh, couple of books that I, I don't know you might, yeah I, yeah, I yeah, don't, so, do, yeah do it so if you're in debt and you want to get out of debt uh, and I've done it and it's great uh, total money makeover by uh, Dave Ramsey awesome and then if you're running a small business uh, a great great financial book uh, is called profit first uh, by uh, Mike Michalowicz and it just teaches you how to divvy up your income so if you get a check for a thousand dollars for doing a comedy show at I I you know ITT or uh, IIT whatever whatever yeah, yeah the, the school yeah uh, you you know you, what do you do with that thousand dollars so a certain percentage of it goes to this X certain percentage of it goes to this and it's just a really nice system that helps people uh, you know streamline everything that they're doing and I've recommended it to friends and they just got on a better path and everything like that so 
get your money right. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you know? Well, like, the thing is, what you said systems, right? And I think this is the whole reason why any of these things work is because human beings work in systems of thought. Yeah. And I, I literally think of, like, like one joke that I'm, like, really thinking is, like, some, some of your friends don't have the thought technology to make their dreams happen. Like, literally, like, it, it's like they're working with, like, old rudiments. I think they could be built up. You, it, can, oh, it can definitely be built up because it's technology. You can acquire it, but, but you have to read books. You have to build up yeah. an infrastructure. But, like, a lot of people, they don't, they don't know how to connect where they are to where they need to be. And you talked about this I was <clears throat> eavesdropping earlier. They don't have the mindset. Right, but you have to adopt it. You have to build it into your frame of reference, and then you have to change your filter of what you're looking at. And I think that changes what you're willing to explore and what you can accomplish. We're, we're like meat robots. Yep. You know, we're taking resources from, and we have circuits and everything like that. And if you want to improve the overall intelligence of the mainframe computer that is our brains, you have to put some work into it. And it's the best feeling in the world when you start to get some traction with yep. it. You know. And it's a lifelong thing, so, you it's know. A, it's a lifelong thing. I like, I, I like to always look at it like you're downloading a new OS, you're getting yeah, a new update. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, like, dude, like, it's, speaking of magic, it's magic that, like, you know, you, you've read philosophy, you're reading Kant, like, Kierkegaard. These guys died hundreds of years ago. Their best thoughts, not just their thoughts, their distilled best thoughts over time in your brain. Yeah. That, that, and they wrote it in a language that wasn't even yours. And they're in your mind. The, the thousands of hours of research and thinking and contemplation in your head. Yeah, a book is a transference of thought. You know? Yes. Yeah. It, it's, it's a form of telepathy. And it blows yeah. my mind. And like, the thing is, I don't think we, we build, up the, build up reading enough. Like, I think if, someone, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you express to a kid, like, yo, this is mad. Like, understand, this person, you've never met them. Yeah. They're talking in your mind. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, Especially is. with audiobooks. Like, so I, I make it like a rule where I walk around. I when I'm walking around, I listen to audiobooks because, like, what? Yeah, same I'm, here. Yeah. yeah, I love audiobooks. Yeah. Whenever I'm talking to Uber drivers, I'm I, I'm like so surprised that fewer of them don't. You're they say you're like ten books away from doubling your pay or whatever like that. You could. Listen. That's not awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> because the thing is, is like the skills become more and more nuanced, right? Brian Tracy talks about that in his book, uh, No Excuses, which is a really great book. Brian Tracy's awesome. He's yeah. Really awesome, yeah. and like, the thing is, these guys are giving out like life lessons that will change your life for thirteen bucks. Yeah, you know, and you get there's all these different teachers, there's all these different models you can use for different times in your life, and no one possesses all the truth, but they have some of it. Yeah, you know, you, you know what I've been doing that's been really helping is uh, like I like sometimes just like my especially in the morning or when I want to get working on a specific thing, like I want to get into the mindset. So what I started doing is creating like checklists of like okay. When I want to work on my art, I need to put away all the electronics, and then I have a thing like, okay, so I'll I'll meditate for five minutes, just clear the brain, and then uh, I do something called RPM or uh, uh, or uh, um, priming by Tony Robbins, which is like, it's it, he has like some talks. He did a talk with Gary Vaynerchuk recently, and it was like you know like three you know like uh, like three minutes of gratitude, three minutes of mm-hmm. uh, of prayers for others, and three minutes of vision of where you want to go, and then. You know, and like he has, so he has different techniques like that. And it's, it's all, it really, you know, like changing your body physiology to change your mindset. You know, it's awesome. You know, it, it's really great. I, I love, I love Tony Robbins. I actually do. So whenever I do things, I think a lot of people have what I call thought, like layover thoughts. So whenever I'm starting a project, I just think about that project. So like, it, let's say you're reading a book, right? And sometimes if you just pick up a book and try to read, dude, you're still thinking about all this other stuff. You're not excited yeah, to read about it. Yeah. So there's not time to buy in. So what I do before I pick up the book is I think about it and I think about questions I want answered in the book. I think about, oh, like how will it help me? And I really engage in it and then I'm locked in. I'm like, okay, now I really want to read this book. And now I have more buy-in for the book so I'm going to read it better. Other things I'll do is like, well, sometimes I'll pace back and forth to get myself in a comedic mode. 
Like the thing, yeah. I, I love the checklist thing because it, it is like checking off the thing and um, taking away distractions. Like yeah, I talked yeah, to you, yeah. I don't have a TV or anything like that. I'll put self-control on my laptop so I use my laptop efficiently. Because I think the laptop, amazing tool, amazing tool. But I think it's like Dumbledore's like like mirror or whatever thing where he's like going into past. <laughs> you can get lost in there. Yeah, no, you, no. there. There's so many options. You can just get lost in the nether and you're like, where the fuck did my weekend go? Like yeah. I always tell people like Netflix is like heroin. It's never enough. You're, you yeah. can never. No, I know. Same with, yeah. No, oh, what were you gonna say? No, I was gonna I, like. I want to jump in there because like, like it's important to realize everybody. Cell cell phones are not that old, mm-hmm. and we did not evolve to have a screen, a blue light in our face Mm-mm. for twenty four hours. No, it's disrupting our social patterns. It's disrupting our thought patterns. It's disrupting our work habits and relationships. And so, and and they're addicting. They're literally uh, uh, there's studies of how the visuals of it. Uh, it's it's like as addictive as cocaine, and so yeah. and so we're literally giving teenagers and everybody all these social media platforms, which are supposed to be a digital representation of our social lives. Like that doesn't that's not a real thing, you yeah. know. So like you have to respect the fact that like yes, they're nice toys, but are you? doing what it is that you truly want to be doing in that moment if you're aching to check your phone there's something wrong there you know exactly. and so you gotta be able to unplug you know i think it's so important yeah just even just for a little time of day i used to wake up at 3 30 in the morning well, granted i'm not perfect i i'm totally addicted to myself well, well the thing is and i also hate this paradigm that we're like oh you have to be teaching it or you have to be acting it before you can teach i'm like dude that's kind of stupid i could take advice from anybody who has good advice like i think we're all just trying to like be better and if you like you just have yeah those, the person to person yeah yeah it's, it's we all fail we don't we're not all invincible like what yeah. you know so well you know and going to into uh going back to philosophy i mean you know, when, when somebody gets up in front of a crowd and you think like, oh, this person has to be an expert. No, they just have to have a, a unique lens on it. And, and if you're having a discussion like we're having, you know, like it, the Greeks, they called it dialectics. We're mm-hmm. attempting to find the higher truth of the situation. We're not sitting here preaching at anybody. No. You know, so I'm at least not trying to. So, you no. know, so. I, I preach, but you know, that's only on my YouTube. Join my cult. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, I, I, I like the way like dialectic because it's, it's always a move forward. It's always unearthing. And like one of the things Hegel talked about is that like, you know, like truth, your, your enemy possesses truth. Right, like as much as you want to bastardize who you're, you're, you're in opposition against, there is truth in their argument. So you want to look at it. You want to look at that. Derrida talks about this in deconstruction. You know, it's just like you want to look for where they can be right, and it gives you more complete understanding and more nuance. And I think a big problem that we're having is people lack nuance whenever mm. we're talking about ideas. They they're very simple, like thinking like this is bad, this is good, and it's just like look at it in layers. And I think a lot of what's problem with identity politics that's emerging is people mm. don't even question what the thing is they've already picked their side because they're supposed to pick that side yeah, no, and absolutely. that's scary yeah. because that's how you can validate doing all sorts of horrible things in outrage yeah you know we're just following orders exactly you know? we're just following orders <laughs> and, and outrage culture to me like to me like everyone who's like oh i get super offended at this at that i'm like dude you're just trying to prove that you're superior because like that's what it is oh i have a more refined palette for what's offensive and that's why i can be like dude whatever we're all people and i think the more the more you can just play around with ideas and not get phys- personally attacked by anybody who's different than you can actually really learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. You know, and I don't know, the internet's such an echo chamber of like, I can just be, which is good because you can get away from all the bad stuff, but also bad because bad, like there's a huge flat earth movement. Well, I'm, yeah, no, I'm, I'm working. <laughs> I just did a show for some basketball players and I, I was so tempted to be like, sorry, who's the flat earth? Ah. You know, it was funny, but. Uh, but no, but, uh, um, Kyrie Irving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, so 
Uh, oh, what were we talking about two seconds ago? I have a memory like a fish. Uh, I can't remember anything. I was so engaged. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, eh, whatever. Let's yeah. Move on. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think, and back to your th- statement about money and the game, is I always tell people, be aware of what game you're playing, right? You're playing the illusionist game. We're playing the entertainment game as a collective. Yeah. But also don't let the game play you, right? Yeah. So, like, you're always bigger than the game. Like, I've had opportunities, and I'm not going to get too specific on to, like, kind of, like, make my career go farther, but it would be working with people that I really, that had done something in the past, and I was like, I, I, you know what I care more about being than a famous comedian? A good person. <laughs> and, yeah. that, and I think a lot of times people aren't grounded by their own values. You know, and I think that's yeah. what values are there for because our morals are fluid. Like yeah. they, 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 they're based on how hungry we are, how much we need the thing and everything like that. And that's where values really come into place in a place where you can just respect yourself. Yeah. Going back, actually, I remember now. So I agree with all that. Uh, so going back to the echo chambers thing because yeah. that's important because it definitely applies, ties into that. Uh, so I, I have a really interesting plot that I'm working on for Magic, which is, but it's, it's really hard to do, especially for stage, which is, uh, which is the idea of the fact that like what if i were to switch my social media feed to be like so and so's like how would my perception of the world change and how would my habits change and all that stuff or can you predict people's behavior based on the feed that their social media has and everything like that so i'm i'm working on it and it's uh you know whatever it's coming along but uh yeah so like so this self-feeding loops within social media if you like something you know back in the day there was somebody behind an ad agency who said we want them to feel good about Cheerios. So we, you know, not, uh, Cheerios are great, you know, whatever. But they wanted to, you know, so they would s- present these happy images with it. So somebody else was deciding how to influence you. Now, not only do we have that element of marketers within social media, but we are telling ourselves what we want to feel about the world that we already feel. So if you go and like, uh, you know, Occupy Democrats or some sort of a political page, it's going to be a self-feeding loop of what you already knew about the world. And if you're not challenging your mind in the world of social media, you literally have a device that is made to convince you of the same thing that you already knew. You're not learning. You're not growing, you know? Yeah, it just keeps validating those thoughts and you're not getting anything new in there. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it can blind you to the fact that, like, hey, maybe, uh, you know, we'll see, but maybe Donald Trump is going to do something that actually does benefit the entire world you know yeah. what i mean so we'll see what happens but well, like you know the thing is is this is like the, the problems that a lot of problems that donald trump brought up i'm and you guys have heard me speak against donald trump has brought up he might just have like there are things that are problems right i just think the scale in which he uses them and the fear tactics he uses are not great but we need to explore those sides and those dimensions of what he is saying as a person now i don't like well, him we'll see what happens with the yeah. russia thing well the, the, <laughs> yeah, the, so. well the thing is, is this is like we're, we're, the whole world is moving towards the, this right, this nationalistic kind of paradigm, which is kind of scary, right? Um, but I also think that's the media's fault because I have, I have a joke uh, that where it's like um, you're a thousand times more likely to kill yourself from a broken heart than to get blown up by ISIS. So why don't we ban everyone that's ex-girlfriend from the country? And it's like the, the thing is, is the perception that sounds absolutely ridiculous, right? Well, that would stop the problem, wouldn't it? Not really. But like people well, are already deporting immigrants. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> millions of immigrants. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, but it, it's that it's that whole perception thing. It's that whole illusion thing, right? Like even even like so the the thing that happened in Sweden, very sad. People died. Four people died. 
dude, people are getting killed in Chicago all the time. There have been like 16 No, murders, I know, yeah. No. Uh, at, at a time, but that doesn't create the same outrage culture because they, they can't, oh, well, that people have already written that off in their head. It's gangbangers killing gangbangers. Terrorists, that could happen to anybody, so that moves fear, right? Yeah. But if you look at the grander scheme of things, there's way other, there's way bigger things that are going to kill people, like yeah. McDonald's, like, yeah. you know, like bad eating habits are probably ending tons of lives way earlier than they should, but we're not going to talk about that because it's harder to sensationalize. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, you know what's crazy, though? It's like, I did not even realize until, you know, it, it was easy to fall asleep under Obama and really ignore all of the destruction that has been happening for quite so long, mm-hmm. you know, because he was a mellow dude uh, to a certain degree. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of bad stuff going on all around us. And with social media, it's easy for us to escape to the happiness of seeing somebody in Fiji having a vacation. Yeah. And you ignore literally down the street somebody just died why did they die because of you know the community that they're living in and that that breeds this stuff so i mean that's another negative side but also positive of social media you know well so here here's the crazy thing and i've talked about this on the podcast before and i'm not going to stop talking about this is we are not going to solve race problems in america because we keep labeling them race problems what we have is a series of culture issues all right like there's huge all this rhetoric that came up after donald trump was elected white people elected donald trump no nah, that's not exactly through 30 however many hundred, yeah, no not at all yeah. yeah so like let's let's Stop labeling it as, like, that's probably one of the most primitive ways of distinguishing between people. You look different. And like yeah. that. And when you don't have the right tools, when you don't have the right words, you're not able to properly label the problem. I think we live in a time where you, I, I got an argument with some uh, white nationalists online and he was like, we built, we went to the moon, we built the, the automobile. We, it's like, you didn't do anything. <laughs> you, what are you, and that's. Actually, the, you work at Walmart. Yeah. On. <laughs> and this thing is, is people are trying to claim successes that aren't there. No, you are an individual part of a thing that that's it and that's why i'm not good at sports like we, i don't yeah. follow sports i'm like I, I, did not, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I had a huge i love i loved the rockets more than anything uh between like sixth grade and seventh grade and that's back when i was doing absolutely nothing yeah. and i just needed so i needed to feel like a winner that's it that's what sports provide people they can win without doing anything we want we did it and that's the exact same thing that pushes a lot of this argument. And if we keep mislabeling these issues, we're never going to solve it. Because it's like, it's like a doctor saying, oh, it's, um, you know, um, it's definitely, I, I don't know, some weird obscure disease, right? Oh, it's definitely a rash when it turns out that's cancer, right? Yeah. Like, the, and culture can change. Culture is dictated by action. and Culture change all the time. All the time. Yeah. And it's mindset. Yeah. And it's the software you're downloading. Would in. you would you would you wear a night suit? You know, it's yeah. like. But back in the day, that was the that was the get up. Exactly. You know? <laughs> like the thing is, is even if you look at Afghanistan, and we we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, was uh was like Afghanistan thriving economy in the sixties and seventies. You know, a bash a liberal, all this other stuff. All of a sudden, the economy takes a nosedive. Religious extremism comes up, and then people um and then the people are exactly the same. <laughs> like genetically, people are probably exactly the same yet the, there was a new culture that came in that became very destructive and yeah. i think people need to really be conscious on why they make the decisions they're making yeah right what what narrative are you trying to fulfill because there's a huge everybody has a narrative of their life and that's what you need to realize because you could be heading down a destructive narrative i remember when i moved to america and you know i'm indian and black i'm trying to like fit in I don't see. I'm like the weird kid from Hong Kong. I Indian guys are never represented in the media, so I immediately super identify. That's true. They yeah, they really are. Oh, we're yeah. always the nerdy guy who never gets laid. So I committed super hard.
forward to being black, right? I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to be black. So I'll be watching 50 Cent, and, like, I wanted to get tattoos on my face of STL because my dad's from there, and I wanted to be a drug dealer, and I secretly hoped my parents would pass away so I'd have, like, a more of a rugged story. All these thoughts happening. Yes, that was the reality I was in. And, like, the thing is, I wanted these things because I wanted, I thought that that was my identity, right? I was trying to adopt it from something I've never had exposure to. Yeah. I went to I went to a prep school in Hong Kong, one of a very expensive school. Live in the suburbs in Texas. All, all my dad's family have doctorate degrees. Never been exposed to this reality. Yet the television made me think that that was supposed to be me. And it's like Plato's allegory in the cave, where we're trying to match these things that don't even exist. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, but people go through phases and everything, especially when they're you know trying to figure out who they are, and it's a, you know it's definitely a natural process, you know. Uh, but some people get stuck. <laughs> well, the, the scary thing about that is, and I hundred percent agree, but the scary thing about that is that specifically with the that gangster caricature is kids make decisions when they're thirteen years old that will have them never see the light of day again. Yeah. And that no, that's true. That, and that's the scary part. Look at me. I decided to be a magician when I was fifteen. I was like, I'm going to be a professional. And I, I looked at it the other day. I'm like, Wow, I'm living my fifteen year old self dream. That's you know? what's <laughs> up, man. And you, because you committed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then yeah. and there's some kid where it was like, Yeah, I want to be a gangbanger and drug dealer. And he's sitting in prison. I really made. Have it. you have you ever seen videos of Tupac? Which I mean, you know, he made very you know well respected music and everything like that. But like, he was much more nerdy before he became this gangster character. He was a different person. Yep. Uh, you know, so it's definitely, it just goes to show, and then when you feed that loop of what the, what rap lyrics can be with the talking about, you know, police and all this different stuff, you know, that can be a reaffirming loop if you can't distinguish between the story of it versus the reality of the world that you live in. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. that's what, it goes back to illusion. And, I, and I'm not from the ghetto, so I have no idea what it's like to live there, but... Yeah, you know, dude, me neither, dude. But this their mindsets a... do matter. Yeah. They have minds. Well, you know? and, and the thing is, is like, you know what, I don't believe you have to be from... I, I, I'm not of this whole conversation thing where it's like, I can't, you can't talk about it because you don't have first-hand experience. Whatever, dude, I have the internet, I can talk about whatever the fuck I want. Like, that's, <laughs> that, 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 that's it. Like, you know, um... But I, I, and I think this all goes back to the illusion, right? We, we don't even have, like, yeah, you're right, though. We don't have authentic view because we're watching it through a yeah, prison. Yeah, our screens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know? but, it, but it does matter. I think it is important that people know that they can have conversations about things that they don't have firsthand experience in because now it's going to, Chicago violence is a perfect example. Uh, you can't avoid it. No. It's literally happening down the street. You may not have gotten shot. You may not live in whatever community or be in the gang that they're in, but it's, it's, ha it's becoming a problem because... It's becoming more of a problem because we're not getting resources and education and a positive environment to people who need it. Exactly. You know? They well, need it. They're people, too. And you you said the right word. It's education. And everyone wants to say, we need harder police. Well, that's all reactionary. It begins with education and a, a culture that values education and opportunity. When more people get educated and more people have access to books and food and things like that, then they have better ideas, more to live for, and things like that. And what we don't realize is... Our decisions are made at a split, an instant, yeah. right? Some people, like, I, I made a joke on my Twitter the other day. It's like a moment of silence for all the people who don't exist because uh, uh, the bad breath epidemic in like, nightclubs. And the little things like that matter. Not having a stick of gum, not, like, yeah. all, not having a stick of gum to not eating to not reading that book. 
yeah. right? And that's why, like, one of the things I do love about Pac is that he talked about Machiavelli, right? He talks about books. And when you talk about books in your rap, that gives something, that gives a kid something to latch onto and, like, read. And read. wait, what's Machiavelli? Because I knew what Cristal was when I was, like, 17. <laughs> I shouldn't know what Cristal is. Right, right. You know, but, like, let's say if more rappers who say they read, Jay Z says he reads, right? Then why don't you just drop a name of a book in one of your songs? You do that to scale that's thousands of kids reading books that's yeah. tens of thousands of kids looking up that person on wikipedia that's another p- couple people who are talking about in a very loose sense and looking up quotes and that could change lives yeah that, that's what i like what, about what chance the rapper's doing yes. right now man he's giving so much money to people and trying to create leadership uh about these issues and i mean i i'm not really into his music i just listened to it yesterday with a friend of mine and i was like oh okay so there's a couple songs i didn't like a few of them that i do um but like i totally respect him as a yeah. human being I totally respect that leadership because it is needed right now in almost every single community. Exactly. And, uh, you know, but like, think about these poor neighborhoods, you know, could you imagine if we, it, like, there was, oh, I saw a TED Talk, actually, speaking of TED Talks, it was this, uh, he's an urban gardener and he lived in the hood and he started a garden and just gave out free food to his community and people were like, were like mad at him. They were not, people were like unaware of what he said. It was so foreign mm-hmm. to like, I grew food and you can have some. You know, like what a what a concept. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like what a positive opportunity. You know. And then the people because they don't know how to receive it. Yeah. Th- that's yeah. It, it's literally a gift, and sometimes people don't know it's a gift until until they're like, "What is he trying to get out of it?" Yeah. People get suspicious of what they don't understand, and so I if, I think if we could just get in a, and this goes back to what we started talking about earlier is if there's just more forums where people could talk about ideas so they wouldn't feel so threatened by new ideas yeah. or new things happening. Yeah. And so more innovation can take place. Yeah. You know, but the thing is like that guy might be like, "Oh, well, you know what? This neighborhood doesn't accept me. I'll just go to where other people are like me," yeah. which only furthers the problem because it yeah. keeps just all the other people who don't want that <clears throat> kind of activity carry on. Yeah. But this has been a dope podcast, man. Yeah. Like, dude, thank you so much <laughs> no, for being dude, on. I had a really great time. This is yeah. awesome. Oh, uh, is this stuff you want to plug? And I'll put uh, Links. Yeah, so uh, follow me on social media. My name is David Renali, R A N A L L I, and uh, I do events at a wide variety that done theaters. I do a lot of corporate events and everything. Uh, and then I'm also going to be trying to uh, make some more videos and everything. I'm trying. We we were talking about different yeah. media and everything like that. Uh, and so yeah, follow me on YouTube. You can look me up. Uh, uh, follow my channel. Appreciate it. Subscribe. Definitely. So, and and if I get the link to the, uh, your performance on the thing, I'll put the TED Talk link. Uh, yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, we'll see if it gets up. So yeah, definitely that's awesome, man. All right, Godspeed. Thanks, David. Yeah, thank you, man. I and, loved it. And guys, also as always, like, follow, share, subscribe. Uh, f- uh, check out my YouTube. Same thing. Um, and then follow me on Twitter because I need it. Uh, and Instagram. You know, Godspeed and good night. All that's in the links of the page. Godspeed and good night, you guys. <laughs> All right.